All right, here we go. 22nd November. Here's the news. Another exciting week. All right, let's get on with the show. Keeping that hammer down all across the nation. Checking cities off his list. Sharing stories of the road right here on his station. You are listening to the Kingfish. Yes, you've tuned in to the Kingfish Radio Network. Mm. Expand your mind on the open road with Kingfish right here. All right, let's start off with one that we all find a little interesting. Truck driver pay, which is always something that drivers are always talking about. How could we not? It's what we live on. It's why we do this. It's what we get paid for. So Glassdoor, which is a... You know, it's a website. They they do job. You know, you can talk about your employer and things like that. And you can leave reviews on places you've left. Glassdoor.com. It's pretty interesting. Anyway, they say uh, the average trucking salary went up by 10% nationally. Now, the average base pay for truckers is $62,021. It seems kind of low to me. If you're making less than 62000 you better find another job. But here's what it comes down to. If they're saying it's sixty-two thousand, you know there's some poor sap out there making forty or fifty. Now you think forty or fifty—that's pretty good money. Well, when you're away from the house as often as we are, you need to make more than that. You should be making about you know eighty, ninety, a hundred grand a year, and you can do it. All you got to do is look around, and you know just message me or call me and leave a message. I'll get back to you on places you can go. I'm not going to tell you so much where to go as where is not to go. You want to stay away from the big carriers. They're the ones that, you know, they don't pay very much, but they're great places to start. Now, the top salaries by regions across the country, San Francisco, 70000 Bridgeport, Connecticut, 64000 San Jose, 64000 uh, Boston, 62000 and Milwaukee, 62000 Well, you know, like I said, that doesn't seem very much to me. But there's a lot of truck driving companies out there hiring I don't know, maybe if they paid a little more than that, they'd start getting people. So anyway, that's something to think about. You know, 62000 That doesn't seem like very much. But, you know, what are you going to do, you know? It's uh, the nature of the beast. So let's get going on. PennDOT rolls out new truck restrictions program. All right, the Pennsylvania Department of Transportation is looking ahead to winter weather this year, which I think is going to be a bad winter. And we're only got a pilot program that will restrict travel lanes for commercial trucks. All right, the new PennDOT program will restrict semi-trucks to the right lane anytime that the weather is bad enough to lower the speed to 45 miles per hour. Well, you know what? If you're going 45 miles an hour, what are you doing in, the, in any one of the other lanes? But that being said, when the weather gets that bad, you may not know where the lane is. So I don't know how they're going to, you know, keep that because there's a lot of times you're going down a road you literally have no idea where the lane is you're just you know you're on the road but you're not really sure 
All right. The new lane restrictions for trucks will be put into place during the next winter weather event that results in a reduced speed limit. The new truck restrictions is intended to prevent traffic backups during winter weather events. Yeah, good luck with that one. PennDOT's James May said, We're hoping it's good compromise where they will still keep moving. They can still be out there and making a living and keeping the commerce going, but all, but also do it in a safe for the public. All right, now last winter, PennDOT issued multiple traffic travel bans due to inclement weather that completely restricted commercial vehicles on certain high roadways. During these truck bans, Pennsylvania troopers aggressively patrolled restricted roadways and handed out hundreds of $300 citations for violating the ban. All right, so if it gets that bad and you're doing 45 or less, stay in the right lane. But I'm telling you, if the left lane looks like it's the best plowed lane, I'm jumping in the left lane. I don't care what they say. You know, I think it's realistic. You know, they're they're working on it. Hopefully, they'll get it all straightened out. Will they? I don't know. You know, it just doesn't make much sense. All right, now let's move on. New bill will force FMCSA to figure out how to make trucking more female-friendly. According to the bill, women are 20% less likely than their male counterparts to be involved in a crash. Well, there's a lot less women out there, so yeah, I would suspect. But there are more and more women driving every day, and I think the women drivers are just as good as the men. I have no problem with women drivers. All right? Besides, if it's women driving, it's less weight for the restroom. Because I'm in the other one. <laughs> I just got to think for myself. All right. This week, two U.S. senators introduced legislation ultimately designed to increase the number of women truckers on the roads. On November 14th, the Bipartisan Promoting Women in Trucking Workforce Act was introduced by Senators Jerry Moran and Tammy Baldwin. Oh, Tammy Baldwin of Wisconsin. She's from my state. The bill will require the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration to establish a Women of Trucking Advisory Board. The Women of Trucking Advisory Board will be tasked with studying industry trends that directly or indirectly discourage women from pursuing careers in trucking. The board will also be required to look into how trucking companies, nonprofits, and trucking groups could expand opportunities for truckers, you know, for women truckers. The bill will also require that the MSCSA report their findings and recommendations to the Senate Committee on Commercial Science and Transportation and the House of Representatives Committee on Transportation and Infrastructure. The bill points the data that indicates that while women make up 40% of the United States labor workforce, they only represent 24% of America's trucking workforce and only 7% of drivers. Actually, seven, I would have, I would have thought that was a little, a little lower, but you know, um, I guess the 24% would probably, you know, dispatchers, dock workers, things like that. The bill also says that women are 20% less likely than their male counterparts to be involved in a crash. In Wisconsin, we make things and we need to ensure we have a strong workforce to transport our goods to market, said Senator Baldwin. Women currently make up less than 10% of the trucking workforce, and removing the barriers that get in the way of women pursuing and retaining careers in trucking is key. I'm proud to lead this bipartisan effort. Well, it's just as she says, women make up less than 10% of the trucking workforce. Oh, she must be the drivers because it says up here that earlier 24% of American workforce. And only 7% of drivers. Hmm. That's kind of interesting. But anyway, uh, I'm all for more women in the job. You know, in the job. I don't have a problem with it. Uh, like I said, women drive truck just as good as men. 
I've never had an issue with any women I've ever driven with. Uh, the thing here that that's kind of annoying is, uh, you know, they're going to set up an advisory board, but they don't say what the criteria is for that. So is this an advisory board? Is it going to be, you know, just made of a bunch of women? And, you know, because I mean, obviously, it seems like women would know more of women's issues than men would. So hopefully they'll make a, an advisory board that reflects the needs of what they're, what they're actually looking for. Um, I don't know. We'll have to see what happens. It should be interesting to see anyway. But, uh, you know, like I said, I'm all for it. But, you know, the, you know I wonder how much this advisory board is going to cost. I suspect, though, that most carriers... You know, if women want to get in driving, it's not much of an issue. Uh, especially husband-wife teams, that seems, you know, that's a pretty big one. But I see a lot more women, you know, running team together, you know. So it seems like that'd be the way to go. Especially, you know, you're a new driver. I really think running teams is the best way to go because you're out on the road and you get, you're get you with somebody else and you get someone to help you out. And if you trust them, that's the way to go. So, yeah, I think uh, running team is the best way to go, you know. It, you know, at least it seems to me, but it worked for me when I started. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. All right, let's move on. Trucker accused of opening fire on another trucker on a Michigan interstate. Drivers, whoa, damn it, drivers, what are you all up to? Michigan police say that a truck driver has been charged for allegedly opening fire on another trucker on, on uh, Friday, November 15th in Monroe County, Michigan. I guess the 80-year-old shoot, 80, 80, uh, shooting victim called 9-11 to report that he had been shot by another truck driver. You know, the, the guy was a 50-year-old suspect, you know, and he's facing an assault with intent to kill. They don't, they don't say why he got upset, but, you know, what was it, a parking space? I mean, what is it you're thinking, you know, why would you want to do that? That's just crazy. You know, don't, don't shoot your other drivers, Okay. All right, let's move on. Uh, Virginia State Police have blamed the weather for a mass casualty crash. 19 hurt after bus slammed an overturned mail truck, splitting it in half. Wow, I'm looking at the photo. This is crazy. All right, so this happened, uh, you know, a couple days ago. And the Virginia police say nearly 20 people were hurt in a charter bus versus truck crash. The, cr the crash was reported at 4.30 a.m. And uh, it was the eastbound on the 64 at mile marker 100 outside of Charlottesville, Virginia. And the bus looks pretty smashed up. So I guess this mail carrier overturned on 64 due to the probably hit some ice and flipped over. All right. And then this uh, charter bus just slammed into him and cut the tra trailer in half. Ooh, I explained that when your company. Hey, I ran into a, you know, I ran, <laughs> I ran into a mail, a mail carrier. Yeah, that's going to go over well, right? It probably had something coming to me. All right, let's let's move on now. Oh my goodness, I got a lot of trucking news this week. Over thirty six hundred trucks were called for steering defects that could cause crashes. Oh, this ain't good. Two truck manufacturers recently issued separate recalls for steering defects that could lead to a crash. Daimler Chrysler, is it Daimler or Daimler? I think it's Daimler. Daimler Chrysler of North America issued a recall for certain models of 2020 Western Star 4700 vehicles for a steering shaft may have been improperly installed, potentially causing a loss of connection between the steering wheel and the front axle wheels. 
Damler says that the loss of connection could cause loss of steering control and increase the risk of a crash. The recall affects 1,331 trucks. So if you get a Daimler uh, Western Star 4700, you know, check with your dealer and see if you're one of those people. And it says here, truck owners may contact Daimler uh, customer service at 1-800-547-0712 for reference. Recall number FL835. Uh, I'm not going to put it in the show notes. Well, I don't know. Maybe I will. We'll see what happens. Volvo Trucks North America has issued a recall for certain 2020 VN, uh, Volvo and VNR vehicles equipped with HD94 Shepard gear variants. Volvo says that the steering gear mounting fasteners may be insufficiently tightened, allowing for the steering gear to loosen, resulting in a loss. The recall affects 2,287 trucks. The recall for this defect was expected to begin November 15th. Volvo will inspect defective trucks and, if necessary, provide a free repair. All right. The truck owners can contact Volvo customer service at 1-800-528-6586 and reference recall number RVXX19062. You know, I think I am going to throw this in the show notes. This is too important. This is too important to not. All I can say with this one is if you're one of these affected people, uh, check on this, you know, just check on it. It's, it's, it's too important not to. You know, you don't want to get uh, you know, have problems with your steering. All right, here we go. More bills. A newly introduced bill will attempt to grow the U.S. transportation workforce through an advertising campaign. The Promoting Service and Transportation Act, which is H.R. 5118, was introduced on November 15th by Republicans Rick Larson, Don Young, and Angie Craig. The bill will attempt to attract workers to transportation careers by allowing the U.S. Department of Transportation to develop a series of broadcast, digital, and print media public service announcement campaigns to promote job opportunities and improve diversity in the workforce. You know, I don't understand why the government needs to to advertise, you know, for tr- for trucking. You know what? The trucking companies should do their own hiring and advertising. We don't need the government doing this. It doesn't make any sense to me why they would want to do this. You know, instead of the government spending, you know, millions of dollars on some head campaigns, how about the trucking companies just up their pay to where it entices people to come into the business? So, I don't know. I think it's crazy. Now, while the bill points to a shortage of truck drivers in the U.S., trucking groups like OIDA, that's O-O-I-D-A, that's the owner Opera Independent Driver Association, have for years argued that the truck driver shortage is a myth and that the real problem is stagnation, uh, is stagnating driver wages and high turnover. Well, I have to agree with OIDA 100%. Um, you want to keep people, pay them what they're worth. If they, you pay them, they'll stay. They really will. You know, I, I really believe that. So, you know, that's, uh, you know, I think that's uh, uh, pretty important, you know, pay people what they're worth. Now, there's a lot of job hoppers out there. You know, it's just the way it is. You know, they just, uh, you know, hop around and, you know, it's just, you know, it's the nature of the business. People hop around in this business. So, all right, let's move on. Let's see. What do we got next? Oh, this is, oh God, this one's terrible. All right. Slew of charges issued for allegedly driving semi-drunk with two children inside. So a lot of these articles, by the way, I'm getting off CDL Life. Uh, The Google, I haven't had a chance to go through Google, so I'm just going through CD Life. So the truck driver, uh, 50-year-old Franklin Pitts, was charged with driving under the influence, resisting arrest, endangering the welfare of a child, and 
uh, other various charges. The female passenger later identified as 27-year-old Ariel Doris was charged with child endangerment, disorderly conduct, and obstruction of law enforcement. After the arrest, repair to take in Lucerne County Prison held on a $75,000 bill for Doris and $100,000 for Pitts. It says police say the two children were placed in protective custody. Well, it doesn't, doesn't say how old the kids were. I don't see how old that is. But you know what? Do you, what do you got? Two kids in a in a, in a big truck for, and you've been drinking. Do not drink and drive. This is not good. This is not good. You know, that is just absolutely not. You know, not good. You know, that's going to get you in a lot of trouble. All right. Oh, this is you know what? What is it with you drivers out there? All right. Yeah, it's we're just we're just getting better and better here. All right. Truck manifest said plastic garment hangers and the CB, CBP found 10 tons of pot instead. So a routine border crossing inspection turned into a massive drug bust at a California port of entry. The drug discovery was made at the Ote Mesa cargo port in, of entry in California around 9 a.m. on Monday, November 17th. According to a news release from the U.S. Customs and Borders Protection. Authorities say that a 47-year-old Mexican citizen was driving a tractor-trailer full of plastic garment hangers. After an x-ray scan of the truck turned up suspicious results, a canine unit screened the truck and alerted the driver. Officers opened the trailer door and behind, and behind a few rows of boxes found 858 plastic wrap packages stacked floor-to-ceiling containing a total of 10 tons of marijuana. The estimated street value is $8.4 million. Authorities canceled the truck driving B1 and uh, truck drivers B1 and B2 and handed him over to Homeland Security. The truck trailer and contents of the trailer were seized by U.S. Customs Protection. The ability of the CBP officers to interact contraband at the port of entry is a perfect example of how wonderful a great job they are. You know, here's the thing: why would you even mess around with that stuff these days? You know, they're, they're, just go to Oregon. <laughs> You know, it's pretty, you know, it's, you just go to Oregon. It's a lot better. You know, you could just, no hassles. It's legal. Uh, I walked over to one of the shops just to check it out. And I was like, wow, this is a trip. So just, just go to Oregon, you know, don't mess around. Just go to Oregon. All right, let's move on. Now we're, we're done with the trucking news. I got nothing left in trucking. We're going to talk about cars. All right. This is the one that's kind of pet peeve for me. 2020. Uh, Ford just announced, well, Ford's already announced they're getting rid of the, the other smaller vehicles, you know, like the Focus and things like that, which I think is kind of silly because you need those starter vehicles to get people, you know, on your brand. You know, if you don't buy the starter vehicles, you're not going to work your way up to them. No one's going to start off with a Mustang or one of the more expensive vehicles. So I think that's kind of silly on their part. You know, you need those starter vehicles. That's how you know, like, you had the Ford Escort, you had the you know, things like that. You need those starter vehicles. So now if you're going to go to college kid and you want a starter vehicle, what are you going to do? You're going to get a Ford? No. You're going to go to Toyota. You're going to start off with a Toyota. Now you're a Toyota guy or, you know, whatever. And it, it just seems kind of silly to me. Those smaller fuel efficient starter vehicles are the way to go. Well, here's, you know, Ford's new brilliant concept. They have this, and I haven't seen one live. I've just seen the press release. It's the 
Mustang and it's, it's, I don't know. It doesn't really look like a Mustang to me. Maybe it will in person more, but it's a all electric Mustang. And the thing ranges, I went to true car and checked out the price. The cheapest one is 48,000. And the most expensive one was like, I think it was like 65,000, something like that. And the ranges were for the cheapest one, 230 miles on a full charge. And then more expensive, the GT was like 60 something thousand. And that one went like 300 miles. So I don't know. I guess that'd be okay, but they call it a an all electric Mustang SUV. Really, an all electric Mustang SUV? Who who actually wants that? I mean, we want it. You know, I mean, I'm all for you know more electric vehicles, and I'm all for you know. I think a little SUV would be fantastic, but I think calling it a Mustang is really kind of a far stretch. It's not that. That's not what a Mustang is. And I'm a big Mustang fan, so and most of the Mustang enthusiasts from the sites I've been reading are like, "Are you serious? This doesn't make any sense." But you know, maybe it'll come out and we'll fall in love with it, or maybe it'll be we can call it the Mustang Three, like the Mustang Two was such a wonderful success. Never cared for that Mustang Two; I thought it was a piece of junk. But considering you don't ever see any on the highways, I guess I was right. But maybe this will be the Mustang 3, and the guy who made the Mustang 2 is jumping up for joy, thinking, finally, they made a Mustang that, that makes less sense than the one that I made. You know, maybe it's something like that. I don't know, but I just think, what the hell are they thinking, you know? It's uh, it's just crazy. All right, let's move on. Uh, you know, like I said, I'm all for electric vehicles. I'm just not so sure about this one. All right. Uh, according to the FBI in 2018, a total of 748,841 vehicles were stolen in the United States. A 3% decline in return to the dominant, uh, dominant, uh, dominant, dominant, dominant downward trend we've experienced since entering the 21, uh, 21st century. Included with today's release is a list of the top 25 2018 vehicles, makes and models that were reported stolen in 2018. So I'm going to go down the list, okay? Uh, Number one, Honda Civic. Two, Honda Accord. Uh, Ford pickup full size. Yeah, I can see those are pretty pretty expensive. Thirty six thousand of those. Uh, Chevy pickup, Toyota Camry, Nissan, Toyota Corolla, GMC, Dodge Ram, pickup truck, uh, Jeep Cherokee, Grand Cherokee. Oh, they say, they say twenty five, but it's just the twenty. Or it should be ten. They only listed ten, and the Honda Civic was at thirty-eight thousand, and the and the Chief Cherokee, which is the number ten, was nine thousand eight hundred eighteen. All right, now here we go. The following are the top ten 2018 model year vehicles stolen during a calendar year, twenty eighteen. Well, that's what that's what the other one said. For twenty eighteen, the most stolen vehicles in the nation were. Then the following one is the following are the top twenty eighteen model year vehicles stolen during calendar year twenty eighteen. All right. That doesn't make a lot of sense. Oh, 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 okay. I read this wrong. Let me repeat that. Let me go. You know, I'm not going to edit this. I'm just going to redo this again. So just bear with me. For 2018, the most stolen vehicles in the nation were, and then they listed by year. This was where I messed up. Honda 2000 Honda Civic. I don't know why anybody would steal that. Honda Accord 1997. 2006 Ford pickup truck, Chevrolet pickup truck, 2004, Toyota Camry, 2017, Nissan Altima, 2017, Toyota Corolla, 2017, GMC pickup, 2018, Dodge Ram, 2001, and Jeep Cherokee, uh, 2000. 
uh, the year 2000. So why would anybody, you know, why would anybody steer at 2000? You know, why even bother? And then for the brand for that year, for all vehicles of whatever year, the following are the top 2018 model year vehicles stolen during the calendar year. Okay, that's where I was messing up on. That's, you can tell I didn't read this before I started read, you know, before I started sounding off on it. Uh, number one was a GMC pickup, Ford pickup, Toyota Camry, Nissan Altima, Chevy pickup, Hyundai, Ford Transit. Not even sure what a Ford Transit is. Dodge Charger, Toyota Corolla, uh, Chevrolet Malibu. I'm surprised the Dodge Charger isn't a little higher on the list, but Mustang's not even on there. I'm kind of surprised. So, you know, you know they're saying, you know, add, uh, you know, add things to warn you. Uh, audible alarms, steering column collars, steering wheel locks, brake locks, wheel locks, theft during decals, identification markers on your vehicle, van, van etching. And micro dot marking. I'm not sure what micro dot marking is. So anyway, that's what's going on there. Um, be careful. There's people out there who will steal your shit. All right. Na- National safety estimate. You know, I, I butchered that news article, but <laughs> bear with me. I'm a truck driver. I'm not a news guy. So just bear with me, will you? All right. The National Safety Council estimates 417 people may be killed on U.S. roads this Thanksgiving holiday. So they're talking over this Thanksgiving holiday, they're expecting 417 people to get killed on our nation's highways. Now, I'm not sure if I'm working that day or not. So all I can say is whatever you do, don't drink and drive. If the weather's bad, leave a little earlier. If you're leaving for work and you're going home, this is a big one, especially if you're not used to driving a lot. You're driving home. You just got off work. You're going to pick up the wife and the kids. Now you've been working all day. You're a little tired. Now you're going to drive to grandma's house a couple hours, two, three hours, whatever it is. You got the kids screaming in the back. They're excited. Wife's bitching because that's kind of sometimes what they do. And you're going to be exhausted. You get tired, pull over, take a nap. Driving tired is, is just as bad, if not worse, than driving drunk. There really is no difference. The... It, there's been studies on this driving tired and drunk are the worst. So pull over, take a nap. A half hour nap will do you wonders. Uh, if you can't take a half hour nap, pull over, walk around the car a little bit, wake up, you know, make sure your significant other is, is there on your, keep you awake, keep you talking. Um, maybe call somebody, you know, get chatting on the phone. Sometimes it'll help people get a cup of coffee but if you expect to open a window turn on the radio and you think that's going to keep you awake it's not you know and here's here's one you can do sing to yourself and if you start to sound good and you know you don't it's time to pull over because you're too tired so you know let's try it it'd be nice if we can get that number down but the national safety council estimates 417 people that's just over the holiday thanksgiving holiday Nobody wants that. Absolutely nobody wants that. So I think that's something that, you know, we just need to be aware of. And, you know, as drivers, we're used to the long driving, the truck driving. We're used to the long drivers. You know, the um, the regular people, they're not used to that. The people in their cars. So give them a break. You know, give them a little bit of room. You see them drifting around, you know, get away from them. And try not to hit the horn because you scare them. They probably run off the road. 
So that's my safety message for the week. Be careful. Also, over the holidays, you're going to see a lot of people driving. They're going to be going, you know, they're going to have vehicles that aren't ready for it. So you might see more tow trucks and things like that on the shoulder. More cops pulling people over. Get over. Get over in the left lane. Give those people some room. You absolutely do not want to be driving in that right lane right next to these people. There's no point in it. There's there's no benefit to it whatsoever. Get away. All right, let's move on. Uh, Las Vegas, that was my preaching, by the way, but I really do believe this stuff. All right, Las Vegas Convention Center makes history as Elon Musk's The Boring Company begins tunneling the destination's first underground people mover. All right, well, this is a huge project in Vegas, and I guess they're going to have this people mover thing going on. And it's an all-electric Tesla vehicle, which is capable of holding 3 to 16 people. The system will be designed for ridership of at least 4,400 passengers per hour and is scalable depending on convention attendance. And when it, this thing is going to be completed in 2021, the underground people mover will be comprised of two vehicular tunnels with an expected total length of approximately one mile each. The system will have the potential in the future to expand and link key visitor attractions throughout Las Vegas, such as downtown Vegas, uh, McCarran International Airport, and beyond. Yeah, so that's going to, I don't know, maybe we'll have to go out and check it out. It should be interesting. All right. Uh, I don't know. It's a wonderful world we live in. Things are changing. All right. Here's something that's kind of fascinating. And I didn't realize they were doing this in Cleveland. But the Hyperloop Transportation Technologies Great Lakes Study Preview, Feasibility and High Profitability. So basically what it comes down to is they're building this Hyperloop uh, system. It's in a it's like this car that's in a big tube. Not sure exactly how it works, but this thing's supposed to go at crazy speeds. They don't say what the crazy speeds are. But the key findings of this Hyperloop project over in Cleveland are uh, operating operational costs that requires no subsidies. Ooh, everybody loves that. Travel times that reduce hours to minutes. Yeah, was a little scary, I guess. I'd check it out, though. It'll uh, produce over 900,000 jobs created over 25 years. Oh, that's nice. Tens of billions of dollars in economic benefits throughout the region, including increased real estate values, wages, and expanded tax base growth over a period of 25 years, and decreasing carbon emissions by 143 million tons. So basically, you know, if this thing goes into effect, you know, maybe they'll start, instead of going on the rail, they'll just throw this thing on the Hyperloop, maybe your truck, and send it out to California from Chicago and, you know, get your freight there in hours instead of days. Uh, it doesn't say the top speed, though. That's kind of interesting. They got over 800 engineers working on this thing all over the world, but I guess they got a, a test track over there in Cleveland. I, you know, I just love to try that. I think that would be so fascinating. You know, I just can't imagine. You know, just the whole idea of this thing. So, anyway... Let's see what else we got here. Uh, anything else? No, not too much. Anyway, the big thing is we got, we got the holidays coming up. You know, be careful. It's a big deal, okay? The holidays are a big deal. You don't want to mess around. You know, if you're out there driving, you know these people are out there. They're not used to driving on a road. You got to be careful. Yeah, it's just the way it is. And, you know professional drivers keep an eye out for these guys 
you know, there's just nothing else you can do. So anyway, I'm going to cut this off. I can hear the music in the background. And it's time for me to go. I got to get going to work. I'm headed to... Uh, oh, I'm headed to... Uh, oh, I put the music too high. I'll have to adjust that. I'm, go I'm headed to uh, California. I'm going to leave here in about an hour or two. It should be raining. I got to go to Chicago. Hopefully... Uh, you know, we'll have a nice fast week at home, find out what's going on for the holidays, if they cancel on our run or not for Thanksgiving. I have no idea. Uh, hopefully I'll find out soon. Uh, this week I went to Denver after I left uh, Milwaukee, and I sat there for about an hour and a half, so it wasn't too bad. And then we got back to Chicago. So that's all I got today. It's kind of a long one, but not too much, I was, mostly because I was preaching about safety, but I really believe that stuff. So anyway, drive safe, drivers, and stay out of trouble. And remember, those four-wheelers can't see as much as you can. And get over in the next lane. It doesn't take that much effort. Just get over in the next lane. Give those people some room. All right, stay safe, drivers. Stay safe. <laughs>